Welcome to the Anti-Burnout Club, an exclusive club for those who are over the hustle culture BS, those who are tired of burning out and feeling stressed, and those who want to thrive while still becoming a success. I'm Bex Spiller, an accidental poet, an anxious entrepreneur, and your host. Welcome to the club. Hello and welcome back everybody. I am with the amazing Gemma who is an integrative counsellor who works at the Anti-Burnout Club giving some amazing lessons. So welcome Gemma, thank you for joining me. Can you tell everybody a little bit more about yourself and your background? Uh, Yeah, hi, thank you for having me. Um, So my name's Gemma Curtis. Um, I'm a qualified therapist. I'm trained in psychodynamic and person-centered. When I say that, people always zone out slightly. So what that basically means in English is um, that I'm interested in why. So, you know, why people behave the way they do, looking for patterns, um, thinking about connection in relationships, all of that kind of thing. So that's it kind of in a nutshell. Um, In terms of... Uh, why so um, when I was a teenager I used to go to this like church youth group thing and I remember I think I was about 13 or 14 and there was this girl crying and she went outside and I was I was always the one that would go and be like oh what's wrong you know I was always drawn to people in pain Um, and I went out and spoke to her and she was talking about some things that were happening in her life and even at that age to me it was quite clear that something was really wrong in her situation um and just you know what was going on in her life and I thought well she needs help someone needs to help her why is no one helping her and I remember getting in the car my dad picking me up and going I'm going to be a psychiatrist (laughs) not really understanding what that meant at that age um so then I looked into what that meant and went oh no I'm not because you have to train as a doctor (laughs) not doing that um and so then looked into psychology Um, And so then all of my work experience at school, you know, all of that kind of stuff was then all about that. Um, Then I did a degree in psychology and criminology um, and then was planning to be uh, sort of go into psychology, but kind of got pulled into like social care education type direction. Um, And then I had counselling when my marriage ended and went, this is it. This is the thing. Um, And so trained qualified and here I am wow that's I mean to start from such a young age and be like this is exactly what I want to do that's the dream isn't it knowing what you want to do at a young age that's amazing and um I mean you are one of the smartest people I've ever met you have some incredible lessons on the anti-burnout club about all sorts of different things and you know you talk about the theory of things and they're such popular lessons why do you think it is that people are so interested in all of this kind of stuff do you think it's similar do you think it's wanting to help other people as well yes um and also I think that people want to understand themselves um you know I think we're always striving you know go straight to Maslow self-actualization but you know we're we're always striving to be a better version of ourselves and part of that is understanding who we are and where we've come from and you know kind of some some stuff you have to overcome some things you have to embrace but you know it very much feels to me like the every person I've ever met wants to understand wants to understand themselves more and you know therapy is a really good way of doing that because how often do you actually get somebody's full attention 
for that amount of time. Never. You know, often, exactly, <laughs> often in conversations, people are thinking about the thing that they're going to say next. Then that's not a criticism. That's just human nature. You know, it's, it's a way of connecting is to go, oh, yes, I, I understand what you're saying. I've been through this thing. Yeah. And, it, you know, that is a way of relationship. But if you really want to understand yourself, what you need is somebody just to listen and to help you connect your dots, not kind of join you in that. Oh, yeah, we're all in this together. You know, there's a, there's a place for each thing. Um, but I think that's what it's it's about, you know, is is having so the, the lessons are in people are drawn to them, I think, because they really want to understand and they want to be able to connect better within the relationships around them, whether that's romantic relationships, parent, child, friendships, you know, whatever that is, people want to have better relationships and are always kind of striving towards that. So I think that's probably why. Because I think sometimes people do want a quick fix, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I want I want that magic answer. spoiler alert sorry there isn't one um but you know I think that's probably why the lessons are popular because they start to help you to think you know and they give you things that perhaps you haven't thought about before from a slightly different angle um and obviously the theory behind it is helpful yeah I've learned so much about myself I know my attachment style I know my love language I feel different doing your lessons and I think that's it isn't it we want to learn we want to grow we want to become the best version of ourselves and I think your lessons really help people achieve that so this month we're talking about all the many different ways we can be mindful how do you think mindfulness and therapy go hand in hand so I think um it's around all the time in certainly in the therapy you know the arena that I work in um partly in terms of you know kind of just understanding what's going on for you in that moment so part of therapy is being very present you know and understanding what you're feeling in that moment sometimes that's sensations within your body um you know I will use that as well as a therapist I will tune in and you know I I share that feeling as a thing mirror neurons and your brain actually mirrors what the person in front of you is feeling so you know I can I actually will feel the same thing and there's lots of theory words for that kind of thing depending on which uh, discipline you but it's you know it's a thing I will feel it so I think that really helps because you know it, it really brings you into that present moment um, and that then can allow you to start to explore where those feelings come from. That's when you then go back. So, you know, you often start in that moment and you you kind of you're checking in with yourself a bit about, you know, like I said, physically, how you're feeling mentally. Um, and it's it can also be useful just in terms of a little bit of technique. I mean, I don't do so much. That's more kind of cognitive behavioral therapy arena. But um, sometimes, you know, it could, people will talk about that and so you know we'll have conversations around what will help and I think particularly with anxiety mindfulness can help because it slows your thoughts yeah instead of you know that kind of racing racing it you know it it will actually you can slow yourself down just a little bit and then decide actually what it is you need in that moment and so I think mindful mindfulness can really help with that sometimes with depression because it can pull you out of your own head a little bit Mm. you know I think sometimes um not all depression is the same, obviously, but, you know, sometimes if you're in that frame of mind where you you kind of go very inward, sometimes mindfulness, I think, can help pull you out if you're starting to notice your surroundings a little bit, you know, just taking a moment to notice the sunshine or how some food tastes or, you know, that kind of thing. I think sometimes it can just pull you out of your own head a little bit um, and bring you back into the world. 
rather than just kind of, you know, that fixation right inside. So it has its uses kind of right across the board from actually being in a therapy session to then out in your life, being able to use that, you know, as part of your healing and recovery. Yeah. And I think you said in um, your lesson on this, that actually we practice mindfulness quite a lot and we don't even realize we don't call it mindfulness in therapy you know we're we're sitting there we're connecting with our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions and actually that's being mindful isn't it without having to say I'm being mindful today yeah exactly (laughs) and I know we've spoken about this before but you've admitted to me that you have your own struggles with practicing mindfulness yeah can you tell me a bit more about these so I think when I first kind of heard about mindfulness, I thought, oh, no, now I have to eat kale and look zen. And I, thought, I, I was like, I don't think I even like kale. I don't do either of those things. <laughs> but, you know, that was my kind of expectation of it. You know, you mm. see pictures and images or videos of people looking so, like, smiley and happy in the sunshine. And I was like, I don't have time for that. I have to live a life. You know, I have to be mom. I have to work. I have to be a therapist. When am I going to get time to walk through a field of corn and experience that? You know, so that, that was my kind of view of what mindfulness was. Yeah. Um, so I was afraid of it, if I'm honest. I thought, OK, I, I don't have time for this. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I have space in my head for it because, you know, I have lots of things going on. Um, plus, I don't know if I want to join in the new trend. <laughs> you know, so it, I'm also, I'm always a little bit kind of anti. Oh, what's this new cool thing? Maybe I shouldn't do that. Um, so you know, there was all of those kind of barriers. Um, also, I think because it encompasses so much, I didn't know where to go with it either. I was like, well, what does it even mean? You know, so it's like, oh, meditation. Okay, I like that. Yeah, tick. I could do that. Definitely, that's good. Uh, breath work. Okay, I'll give that a go. But actually, I found that really triggering because I had. Um, blood clots on my lungs and I couldn't breathe properly so when I was trying to do like the panting breathing I was like and like almost panicking so I was like okay breath work doesn't work for me so fine um and it's actually I think when I've kind of got down off the ceiling and stopped being you know ridiculous about it I actually thought well I do it all the time Mm. you know why am I trying to kind of make it into an extra thing when actually it's something that I do. So I thought for ages I was rubbish at it and would just avoid it because I don't think I really understood what it was. I think it was very fear-driven, you know, that kind of ignorance is bliss. I'm just going to bury my head in the sand um, and, yeah, just pretend that I don't get it. And I'm not even 100% sure I still do fully get it, but I think I get it in my own way, and I wonder if that's more what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I was exactly the same as you before I studied it. I just thought, what is this? Who has time for this? You know, I'm not going to a silent retreat. And actually, I had to do a silent retreat as part of my mindfulness training. But um, I thought, I don't have time for this. This is not something that's going to work for me. You know, my brain goes a million miles an hour and there is nothing on this planet that's going to stop that. And um, I think there is that misconception of, it's this huge, great big thing where, you know, you have to go to this silent retreat or sit in the dark or whatever else. And yeah. um, finding how it works for you is probably the most important thing, isn't it? Because some yeah. people don't like meditation. Some people no. don't like breath work. Some people don't like yoga. And all of these different things can bring in mindfulness. Um, yeah. 
But at the same time, you can just wash the dishes and be mindful, you know. Yeah, so exactly. it, I think that's just something that um, that many of us go through is this, what on earth is this? I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that some people struggle with mindfulness because they feel as though they have to get it right. So what would you say to someone who is struggling with that, feeling as though, you know, oh, I have to get this right. This has got to be perfect. Uh, so me, you mean. Um <laughs> Uh, I think it's it's what's right for you. So try it all. Give it all a go and, you know, find the things that work for you. And it doesn't have to cost any money. It doesn't have to take loads of time. Um, you know, in my lesson, I talked about the walk with my son, you know, walking along, holding his hand in the sun next to the sea. And I, it just hit me. And I, it wasn't a conscious decision. I'm going to make a mindful moment now. It just happened. Yeah. You know, I just suddenly thought, OK, this is this feels special record it you know and that was kind of how it felt so I think it, it's about what works for you um do what you enjoy mm-hmm. you know if you're trying to force yourself to do something you don't like it's not going to happen is it let's be real no you it's know, not going to work <laughs> exactly you know who who wants to do something that they don't enjoy so that's why I said you know kind of have a go because find the things that work for you and that you enjoy because then it doesn't feel like effort it just mm-hmm. happens um so I think that's really important as well is you know you don't have to become a zen master who does all of the about you know like you said the silent retreat and long meditations and you, you don't have to do that to be mindful some people do and that's cool you know great for them that's that's what they've chosen for their lives um and fair play to them but for me that doesn't work you know I have a lot of other stuff going on that requires my attention um and that's fine. So it's it's about finding what balance works for you. Um, I I have a colleague who is incredibly mindful, and sometimes I think that can be quite challenging if you're around people that seem very um, in tune with themselves, and you know that, and are looking very mindful a lot of the time. It can make you feel like you're not doing it properly if you're not. Yeah, you're comparing yourself exactly. to them. Like, I do that a lot yeah. on Instagram. I'm like, yeah. oh, I, you know, I, <laughs> I can't even sit cross-legged. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And it, it's that the comparison is, just, yeah, as we all know, it's not great. Um, so I think it's about just knowing that what you're doing is working for you and how big or small that is. It doesn't really matter as long as you are kind of taking time to connect with yourself. That's the important thing for me is that connection. Um, And I think, you know, this fear of getting it right, exactly as you've said, so being surrounded by things like Instagram, they're snapshots. It's a moment. And, you know, we can all set up a great photo. So, you know, I I think it's, it's very much about bearing that in mind too. And, you know, Instagram is great. It's really useful. It's, it's fun, but that's all it is. It's fun. It's not real life. Yeah. You know, so I think it's, it's about bearing that in mind too. And, and this thing about getting it right is just bring that back to yourself. Are you connecting with yourself? If you are, you're getting it right. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it's so personal to you, isn't yeah. it? It's exactly if it works for yeah. you, then you're absolutely doing it yeah. right. Yeah. I think a lot of us put pressure on ourselves to get everything right anyway. And I know that you've done some lessons on this before. Um, but why do you think we put this much pressure on ourselves to get everything right? Uh, well, there's a lot of theory around that. Um, and actually, a lot of mental health problems stem from um, 
a lot of things around that. I mean, there's a lesson I, I did on uh, conditions of worth. Mm. And this is something I think that comes in a lot is that as young children, we are surrounded by expectations. Um, and again, this isn't wrong. This is just the way the world is. Um, you have them from your society, from your family, from your community, um, from your environment, you know, so whether that's your school or whatever, um, you are you have all these expectations kind of placed on you and you learn that to be lovable or likable, you have to, or you feel you have to behave in a certain way. So, you know, for example, um, it may be that at school you learn that you have to just keep quiet to kind of fly under the radar and, and get on with your work. So you learn that to be lovable or to be likable, you, you have to almost disappear a bit. You know, you have to be quiet or um, still. And so then kind of end up disappearing. And then as you come into your adult life, that can then make it very difficult if you're going to things like jobs or um, you're even in a job to put yourself forward, to be seen. It can just feel incredibly uncomfortable because you've been kind of conditioned that, to be acceptable in that environment I have to behave like this and it becomes something that kind of applies across your life um, and that can actually be something in terms of mindfulness too you know it can feel a bit like school that whole kind of well I've got a I've got an I'm almost like preparing for an exam I've got to get it right yeah. and it actually it's it's not that you know it's, it's a whole different thing but I think the conditions of worth can be so strong and they're, they're unconscious a lot of the time you don't even know that they're there so it's only by bringing your awareness to them that you understand sometimes why you feel so driven to behave in certain ways. You know, you think, well, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Yeah. And it's it's often because of that, because you're actually playing that role that you've been conditioned into as a really, really young child, sometimes, you know, infant. So I think, you know, again, it, I go into it in more detail in the in the lesson on the site, but I think it's a real thing about, that as a society particularly we are lovable if we are getting things right yeah <laughs> I I remember doing that lesson and having just all of these revelations about <laughs> why I am the way I am <laughs> had a little bit of a breakdown and then built myself back up again <laughs> after that lesson but it's amazing yeah. you know it is yeah. it is like you say it's this way that we've been conditioned from a young age to perhaps, you know, for me, it's very much, um, I have to get everything right, everything perfect. Um, and that's just something that I've, I've learned from being small. And, um, mm. yeah, I absolutely love that lesson. It's, it's one of my favorites. I think that we have covered everything that I want to cover today. Um, as we said, you have lots of lessons on the anti-burnout club where else can people find you or if they'd like to use your services where can they where can they find you okay um so i have a um facebook page gh counseling and i'm on instagram um which is also gh counseling i think it's in i can't remember my instagram handle that's <laughs> um but it's it's linked with the anti burnout club on instagram anyway i think um i also have an email address if people want to email me it's ghcounselingchout at gmail.com um, and I think that's probably within the anti-burnout information somewhere too so mm -hmm. um, yeah and I have a private practice um, that I work in for three days a week and I work for a charity in Gloucester for the other two days so yeah that's kind of how my work life is set up at the moment and obviously things for you too for the anti-burnout club so that's where to find me. 
Amazing. And I'll include all of that information. So if you do want to get in touch with Gemma, you can also comment under the lessons as well. If you want to ask any questions, Gemma's very active in our Facebook group and within our community as well. And she's always around. So thank you so much, Gemma. Um, This has been very mindful. (laughs) (laughs) I very much enjoyed this. And uh, I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, The Anti-Burnout Club. Please don't forget to subscribe and we'll talk again very soon.